Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. If this is your first time, I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um, just um, basically what we do now is I just talk for a little bit um, and uh, you guys listen and just hear if anything kind of lands with you. And then after I've spoken, then we're just going to have a bit of, we're going to have another song and a time for you to kind of think about what's been said and just kind of ask God if there's anything that's relevant for you. Okay, so that's kind of what to expect. So we've been looking at mountaineering with Moses um, this year. So now we're moving on to Mount Sinai and we're looking at the Ten Commandments. So even if you you've never been to church before, I'm sure you'll have heard of the Ten Commandments. So this morning, I'm just going to look at the first three commandments, and that is, and so today's um, main heading is about idols. So I'm just going to get up my Bible. We're going to be reading from Exodus 20, which, which is right at the, early on in the Bible, and we're looking at verses 1 to 7. So I'm just going to read to you. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of, out of the land of slavery. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Second commandment, you shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or earth beneath or in the waters below. You should not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Third commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Okay, so these commandments God is giving to Moses, to the Israelite people. So if we remember, if we've been listening on this series, the Israelites have, Moses has just brought them out of Egypt where they've been in slavery for 400 years. So they're going with Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land, but they're in the desert. And that is when Moses goes up Mount Sinai and God gives Moses these 10 commandments for the Israelites to live by, okay? So at the very beginning, God reminds them who he is. I am, I am the great I am and where they have come from. And he tells them not to have any other gods but me or worship no idols. So if we remember, they've been in Egypt for 400 years and in Egypt, they worshipped many gods, many, many gods. Their pharaohs were their gods as well. So if you think back 400 years, can you think of anything from that time? It's a really, really long time to be living in a totally different culture. I imagine the majority of the Israelite people worshipped the Egyptian gods. A majority of them probably didn't, maybe they continued to worship God. Maybe there were some that were fearful, but for a lot of them, they had been surrounded by this culture for as long as they could remember. 
for as long as they could remember. So the fact that the first thing that God says is worship no other gods but me, have nothing else before me, don't worship any idols, was really significant because they probably were worshipping other gods. They probably did have other idols. And the third one that we're looking at is do not misuse the name of God. So on the surface level, we think of, you're not allowed to say, oh my God, you're not allowed to say, I don't know, Jesus Christ. You're not allowed to say these things. That's misusing the name of God. But there's more to it than that. And that's what we're going to unpick this morning. So we're going to start with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were created by God and lived in the Garden of Eden. And that was perfection. They were in perfect harmony with God. They got all of their significance from God, their purpose. They got all their security from God. God provided them everything they needed. And they got their acceptance from God. Who they were as man and woman came purely from God until they doubted, until they looked elsewhere. Maybe they could find their significance somewhere else. Maybe God wasn't telling them everything. Maybe they could find their security in something they needed to do for themselves. Maybe they could find their acceptance in each other or in other relationships or maybe from the serpent. And that's when the fall happened. That's when perfection, the perfect living um, situation crumbled away. And those three things are at the very heart and core of us as humans. And they still are. We still need to feel accepted. We still need to have significance in our lives. And we still need to have security. Um, And that is why God reminds us who he is at the very beginning. Because we get all of that from God for free without doing anything. And that is something I'm going to keep coming back to today. So just remember that. Significance, acceptance, security. So first, we're going to look at worshipping idols and looking at other gods. So this is a really helpful um, quote from a book that I found. So Tim Keller is an author and he wrote the book called Counterfeit God. And he says what an idol is. Anything can serve as a counterfeit God, so like as an idol, especially the very best things in life. An idol is anything that is more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. Anything that is so central and essential in your life that should you lose it, your life would hardly feel worth living. So when we think about idols... And we read about in, in the Old Testament, we, we, we read about gold statues and, and little wooden carvings. That feels so alien to us, so outside of normal culture and our understanding. And, and what does that mean? Um, when I was a teenager, I remember being taught, now don't let TV become your idol. Now, now don't let video games become your idol. These kind of little things in our lives, don't let them become your idol. But I believe when God talks to us now about not worshipping idols, it's far more entrenched in us. It's far more in our culture. It's far more in, in who we are and in our nature than just something, an activity that we may, that we may, that we may do. So if we think about what our culture is, um, it's, it, if we just kind of 
compare, then sometimes it's, it's, it gives us, uh, you can see clearer what our culture is currently. So if we think back to kind of in the World, World War II kind of time, um, the culture at that time was living for the community, living for the greater good of others. Men, young men, marched off to their deaths, not for the greater good of themselves, but for the greater good of the people around them. People sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the people around them. Now we live in an individual culture. We live for, for um, what is, there is nothing of more significant importance than yourself. We prioritise our needs. We look at what is important and, in, and essential and um, it's all around us. And like we say things like, you do you. They're kind of phrases that are in our culture now that we live around ourselves. So it's in our media, it's in our music, it's in our movies. Just to be clear, I'm, I'm not saying that that was better and this is worse. I'm just saying we just need to be aware of what influences us, what voices uh, are speaking to us, what is going on in our time right now and how that impacts us. So if we think about um, a, a kind of an easy example, so if you think about the, um, the Disney film um, Frozen, if you haven't seen Frozen, I feel like you should just see it. So, <laughs> But I'm, I'm going to give away a bit of it, so I'm sorry. I feel it's been out years, you should have seen it. Um, Elsa is, is the queen of Arundel and she has this magical power um, and she um, is scared of this power and hides it away and not only in hiding this power away, she also hides herself away and, and keeps herself at a distance from everyone around her. And the kind of pinnacle um, of the movie is where she runs away and sings the song, Let It Go, where she lets it all out. She's true to herself. She's going to just let her be her. And she is just, it doesn't matter about anybody else. It doesn't matter about what else is going on. She is going to be true to herself. And, um, and, and, And she runs away. And so that film just to give uh, an example of individualism, she is, we celebrate her. We, that song is a hit. We, everyone sings it. Everyone loves it. It's an iconic song for many people. It is celebrated, the fact that she runs away from her responsibilities. It is celebrated, the fact that she runs away from her community. It is celebrated, the fact that she goes and does what she needs to do. Okay, so just an example in, in, in that movie of, of what we are encouraged to do, encouraged to be, encouraged um, to show. Now, you could argue, and um, this is a side note, um, that she then becomes a better queen and a better person in her community for going and sorting herself out because then she does come back to um, rule Arundel at the end. That's the spoiler. Um, but it's just, it's just really important that we know what filters we have on when we're, we're, we're studying the Bible in our culture, when we're thinking about what influences us. It's really important that we know what kind of um, messages are being put, put on us, individualism. And do you know what? Grace, grace is so hard. It's so hard to receive from God that we need to do nothing to earn his love. We need to do nothing to earn this incredible gift from his, this gift that he truly accepts us, that he will provide, he is, he is our security and our significance. It is far easier 
to control it ourselves. It's far easier to think that I can make myself content, that I can create my own satisfaction in my own life. That just seems easier. And a little example I was thinking of in, um, in my life. Um, so say, for example, money's a little bit short. Um, what I will then do is pick up an extra shift and earn a bit more money. That seems like a sensible, logical thing to do. And that is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. What is wrong with that is my first line of action is to sort it out myself. Because I get my, significant, I get my security from myself. There's a problem, I can fix it. There isn't a problem with me working an extra shift. That's fine as long as I go to God first and say, God, this is, um, this is a bit tricky, actually. This is a bit difficult. And the solution may be that I do work that extra shift. But the problem is me going to myself first and me sorting it out myself first. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Um, so in Romans 1 verse 23, it says, instead of worshipping the glorious, everlasting God, they worshipped idols. And the problem with that is we become what we worship. And when we become what we worship, we make God in our image. Rather than us being in God's image, we make God in our image. We think that God thinks like us. We think that God feels like us. We think that God must have our views and our opinions and our, um, and our values. Have you ever heard or have you ever said the phrase, well, God wouldn't want me to be upset. Well, God wouldn't want me to be hurt. God wouldn't want me to suffer. God wouldn't want me to struggle. We put everything that we, um, that we feel and think onto God and we massively belittle who God is by just reflecting what we think, what we are, what we want onto him. In Acts, there's a story of, um, of Paul and Paul is on his way. Hi, Olive. <laughs> Paul is on his way um, to Jerusalem. So he's traveling to Jerusalem and um, God, has, God has told him to kind of go and, and preach. And along the way, he meets with several disciples along the way. And a few of them have had, oh, it's really sad. <laughs> a few of them have a, um, a prophetic word and it says from the Holy Spirit, they have a prophetic word saying, in Jerusalem, you're going to be killed. In Jerusalem, you're going to be tied up and you're going to be imprisoned and they're going to kill you. And he has this word a couple of times and, and, and they give him, and, and these disciples give the Paul, Paul this word and they say to him, um, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. This is what God says is going to happen. And rather than Paul saying, oh, I don't think God would want me to die. I better not go to Jerusalem. God says, what are you doing I am going to Jerusalem because God has told me to Jerusalem. Do you not think I'm ready to die for Jesus? And that is just a really good example of how so often when we read the Bible or so often when we receive a prophetic word, we then filter it through our value system. Paul filters that beautifully through his value system in God. God's told him to go to Jerusalem. He's doing that. Someone else is telling him that God's told them that he's going to die in Jerusalem. And he just says, okay. He trusts God with his life. And that means he dies. He does die 
another spoiler, I'm sorry. Um, but he dies. But, he, but his significance and his security is not in what he thinks, what he does, what he feels. His significance is God, in God. And he just says, if that's what God wants, so be it. Do you not think I'm, I'm ready for that? Do you not think I'm willing to do that? Um, and this leads us on into using God's name in vain. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. When we um, um, read that, I think we're so, we just think about um, using it as a curse word, using it as a swear word. Um, but one of the Hebrew translations of, of um, use God's name is to take up his name or to bear the name. So kind of thinking about us as Christians, we are image bearers. We are representing God. What we are saying and doing to other people is how we are representing God, how we are taking up his name and how we are bearing his name. And the word vain, in vain, it's not a word that we use very often. That also can mean hollow or empty or worthless so God is saying, don't, don't, don't say you're a Christian. Don't use his name and do wicked things. Don't use his name for your own gain. That's not okay. And don't even say you're a Christian and live in a hollow, worthless way. That's not okay. And I love that that is one of the third, um, that is one of the third commandments that don't use God's name to justify your behaviour. God thinks that's repulsive. Don't use God's name to talk about what decisions you're making. How often have you heard or, or have we said, God's told me to do this? And do you know what's the problem with that phrase? It's not, it's not that, that God hasn't spoken to you. It's that that is the ultimate trump card don't you challenge me on this decision because God has told me. Don't you question me on this because I am doing what God says. That's not okay. A better way of saying is, I think this is what God's speaking to me about. Can you just help me pray through this and discern this? Because in that way, you're opening yourself up to people you trust, to wise people, to help be like, is this what God's saying? Or is this just what I want to do and I'm just trying to justify it? guys that's really important okay don't use don't be a Christian and live your life and use God as a way to justify your behavior God thinks that's repulsive it's not what we it's not what we um it's not what we it's what we do with his name it's not just how we use his name but I still want to say God's name deserves respect God's name deserves the reverence. God's name deserves to be used in purposes of glory. So it's also important not just to use it as a swear word. Don't belittle it. Don't just say it casually. The almighty God deserves more than that. So I'm just going to kind of um, summarise a little bit. But I just wanted to kind of say, I know... Um, Joe said those really kind words about me beforehand, but that's only because I had a meltdown this week. And so I'm just going to share my meltdown this week. 
Um, so I went into um, core team. So as a leadership team, we meet every Monday and we kind of all kind of share where we're at and what's, what's going on. And when it got to my turn, I just cried. I just cried. And I just said, can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. I feel pressed and stretched and pulled and I just can't do this anymore. And, um, and we prayed and I had Wednesday. Wednesday was my only day between 9.30 and 2 o'clock for the last fortnight. We, um, we've been really poorly in our family and me and Sam both work shifts and it's a little bit of a juggling act to say the least to try and sort out childcare and lifts and it's a, like a little bit of like a logistical, um, I don't know, puzzle. This is, I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is a puzzle. <laughs> and um, Wednesday was my only time to, um, to sort out our house, to tidy up, to wash, to clean, to, I don't know, do things that I should be doing, like exercise and that kind of thing, and to prepare this talk for today. It was my only window, and it's not its not because Sam doesn't do anything. We do everything equally, but it was just, it had just been a fortnight of, of crazy. And, um, and so because I just had a really tiny window to do everything, my natural state is, right, okay, I'm going to multitask. I'm going to listen to some really good things as I do this, as I do that. Then I'm going to go and get this. Then I will sit down for an hour and do that. And then, and then, and then it'll be two o'clock, and I'll go and pick up everyone, and we'll be sorted. And instead, on Monday, I thought, okay, I I really don't have enough time, but I'm just going to worship. I'm just going to worship God. I'm just going to put some music on and just worship God. And, um, And that was me kind of taking the idol that is myself. I can do this. I can sort this. I can get, I, it's just the idol of, I'm okay. I'll sort it. I'll do it. And just saying, okay, God, you first, God. Let's put all of that busyness away. Let's put my to-do list to the side and let's just focus on you. And, and I just want to say, you might say that this has been rubbish, but this talk was written in the shortest amount of time I've ever written a talk. My whole house, my jobs list was done and dusted before I had to go and pick up um, the kids. I still managed to do it all, even though I, I put that first. And I just kind of want to encourage you that when we put... God first, when we turn to him first, that is where we get our significance, our security and our acceptance from. When we do it in our own power, when we do it in our own strength, when we try and sort it out without turning to him, that is us putting ourselves as an idol before God. And how I kind of like see it in my head, just in case this is a a helpful image for everyone, I feel like I have like little threads going here, there and everywhere, all the different part of my life. And when I struggle with one thing, so say um, talking about like doing that extra shift to earn that extra bit of money just for my security, I feel like I just bunch together a couple of those cords and just hold them a little bit tightly. And in doing so, I tend to bunch together all of those cords and hold them quite tightly, kind of almost take that deep breath in and be like, come on, cat, you can do this. Keep going, cat. You got this. Rather than just saying, okay, God, I recognize that I'm trying to just make myself secure in doing this. Can you just help me just to release this to you and turn to you first for my security? Turn to you first for my acceptance, not turn to others. Turn to you first for my significance. The band, you can start coming um, back up. So just thinking about 
guys, we don't need to earn it. There's nothing we can do that will make us truly satisfied. We don't need to earn it. We have such good, incredible gifts from God. And, um, and we need to remember that they're good gifts and not get distracted by them. So just gonna, I'm just going to just talk about some of the amazing gifts that we have from God, just briefly. If you just want to just kind of like close your eyes and just think, is there any of these things that you're just holding the threads on a little bit too tightly, that you're just not releasing them fully to God? So our identity, our identity, it's not in your job, it's not in your marital status, it's not in whether you're a parent or not, it's not in how you look, it's not in your sexuality. These are all incredible, amazing gifts from God. But let them be that, let them be gifts, let them not be um, something that is our that we're striving for. Money. What an incredible gift from God. But let's not build up our security there. Let's not build up our significance in what we do to earn money. Comfort. Wow. How much... I'm so thankful for the incredible gift of the products that we have in our lives to make our lives easier. But let that not be where our significance is God help me know that I'm not called to just a life of comfort there are so many things guys so many things that you might be holding on tightly to and I just want to just pray for us Father God I thank you that you do relationships perfectly and I thank you for your ever ever ending supply of grace that you allow us just to make mistake after mistake and, there's, and you let us come back to you every time. God, help us just turn off our faces towards you, God, and help us just to release what we're trying to control. Release what we're putting in front, what we're putting before you, God. Those things in our lives that we're striving for, help us just release them to you, God. Help us see in every day that we just need to turn to you and you will give us our significance you will give us our security only in you do we need acceptance Amen I just want to just finish with just saying just when I was worshipping this morning I just felt um, God saying to me (laughs) I feel like I learned this through lockdown, through not coming to church, that coming to church regularly is really important. This, in this room, this isn't it by far. This isn't it. This isn't, this isn't, doesn't, this isn't what it means to be a Christian, to come to church at all. There is far more to our relationship with God. But when I don't come to church, stuff builds up. I build walls up. The things that, these things that I hold on to tightly happen more when I don't come to church regularly. And the reason for that is not because I can't meet with God at home, not because I can't meet with God on my walk or my commute. Of course I can, but I don't carve out that time. If I didn't come to church, would I spend two hours at home worshipping and praying and listening to God? I'd probably want to, but other things just get in the way. 
But when I come to church, that time is carved out for me and those walls and those threads are just released from my hand. And that's why it's really important for me to come to church regularly so that I just check back in in God. And I need to do it throughout the week. I need to do it at home at the other times. But coming regularly is that time that I absolutely do it no matter what. So I just want to encourage you that this is important. This is significant and this is good.